Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on March 21st, 2018. Um, You know what? I'm going to tell you, I received a letter this week from a listener, and this is what it said. I'll be very brief. It said, Dear Recruiting Animal, I've been listening to your show for a long time now, and as a result, whenever I have a problem, I tend to find myself asking, what would Jerry do? Because although he might deny it, Jerry has a philosophy which I believe I have learned, and this is it. Don't force the world to do what you want because you're not going to win. So when I have a candidate who gets a counteroffer, I don't start telling them how awful counteroffers are. I say, hey, I hope it's not a good one because you know what? It might be, and I'm not afraid to admit it. And when a candidate cancels an interview, I don't go into a panic trying to get them rescheduled. I just say thanks for letting me know. And if she wants to book another time, she'll ask me. But I know the likely story. She doesn't want to go to the interview. And I got that information from you know who. Jerry, right. And I never try to sell anybody anything. I'll have a conversation with them, but I never press them even when I know they're 100% wrong. Because if they're not smart enough to see that I'm right, (laughs) do I really want to work with those people? No. And I'll tell you why. Because since I started listening to your show, I've made letting people go their own way a fundamental principle of my business life. (laughs) End of quote. What a letter, right? Now, i got to tell you, I'd like to give this listener and everybody else another shot of Jerry's down-home wisdom, but i got to tell you something. Uh, Block Talk Radio, <laughs> Block Talk Radio is not working. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, open up anybody's uh, line. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to probably cancel in a minute. Let's just, let's just try again. Let's just try again. I'm not uh, smart enough to keep a patter going up for an hour. Although my guest today, James Ellis, the War for Talent, you should listen to his uh, podcast. He rambles on about everything for about a half an hour, and it's pretty interesting. Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I got tons of notes. I can tell you everything that James says, but I don't think that's a good idea. I think he could do it better than me. Uh, I'll hang on for another minute or two, maybe, but. Uh, I think the show. I think the show's over with that little letter about Jerry. Uh, let me see what James says. He just sent me. Uh, yeah, he sent me an email. That says, "Tell me what to do." How the hell should I know? Okay, I would unplug my modem and see if maybe it's me. But all the lights are on. How am I supposed to know what to do? Okay, I'm paying these guys for ten or eleven years already at Blog Talk Radio, and I never know what's going to happen on the show, even if I can have a show. And what about my sponsors, eh? One of them was going to call in today and do his own ad. I can't even open his line. I can't even see the studio page anymore. 
So look, everybody, I'm going to stay on here and try to get things going for the next 10 minutes, but you should leave, okay? If you can hear me, and I, there's no guarantee that you can, you should leave. I, Travis says I'm being tested spiritually. By who? Nobody's testing me. I'm not getting any points for this. Crappy show. Crappy show. Anyway, this guy, uh, James Ellis, he talks all about um, corporate recruiting, but I was going to surprise him. I have questions about corporate recruiting, which I know nothing about, but I was going to, since he's so smart and knows everything about everything, if you listen to his podcast, that's how it's going to seem to you, too. I was going to ask him, well, if you were a third-party recruiter tomorrow, what would you do? And I'm sure he'd have a, a lot of interesting answers, but everybody i won't say folks because i don't like that word okay that's what americans say folks they want to pretend that you're their friend or something like that but i don't say that okay anyway uh yeah so uh well i've lost my train of thought but see that's what he does he he goes off on a tangent but he comes back i, I can't okay here hold on i think i might be able to to do it now let's see oh yeah hey yes Okay, hold on. It's coming in. That, uh, James Ellis, are you there? Here. I am here. Oh, thank God. Thank God we lost the audience already, okay? I mean, 10 minutes for trying to get the show that. going. It's pathetic. In fact, I would use an expletive there, but I don't. This is a family show. Okay, now that it's ruined my, uh, you know, my pace, my sense. Here, everybody, here's the guest. <laughs> His name is James Ellis, but I... I i got to start off with an ad, okay? Thank you, Jerry, is what I usually say, but I didn't, you know, he's not here. I don't know if he's here. I didn't play his uh, tape. Anyway, but I want to thank my sponsors. Martin Snyder, the boss at PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software, Nin Tran, the COO of Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. Okay, the guy is James Ellis. Do you call yourself James or Jimmy? No, I'm James. I think my mom used okay, to call Jimmy. me Jim and that's the end of that list. Okay. In this show you're Jimmy, okay? And his uh Fair his enough. uh Twitter is twi yeah, his Twitter address is the war for talent if you want to say he's dumb. Uh talentcast thetalentcast.com is where you'll find his podcast, okay? How did you become a recruiter, Jimmy? Well, actually I've never recruited. I've never been a recruiter. You've never been a recruiter, but you know all about it, right? You know, it, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's how you know I'm a thought leader. I know everything about nothing and nothing about everything. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, on your on your, on your your uh, LinkedIn profile, you brag that you're a thinker. You, that's pathetic. Why do you do that? I don't understand, you know. Hey, I'm a thinker, everybody. Uh, what does that mean? You think that's going to impress somebody? It makes you look like a jerk. You're smarter than that. Take my word for it, okay? You're giving yourself a Fair great enough. big kiss for being you, okay? Why don't you add braggart? I'm a I'm a thinker and I'm a braggart as well, okay? Gee whiz. Okay. And you you also call yourself an influencer. Don't say those things about yourself. Let somebody else say it, okay? And and on on Facebook, sorry everybody, this guy should know better. His name is James Ellis hyphen Y. It makes it impossible to find you. What's the point of that? Uh, it's just crazy. Okay? Well, I already have the world's uh, worst SEO name. There's only about 400,000 James Ellis's out there, including 
some dude who's a fitness guru. Yeah, okay, nobody's interested in your problems. Videos. They want to hear my critique. And if you called yourself oh, Jimmy on. Ellis, you wouldn't have those problems or just something else. Okay, Jimmy Recruiter or something. Okay, now, you know what? I don't know if you heard me say this, but I'm going to ask you about what you would do if you were a, an external third-party recruiter because you seem to know a lot about recruiting. Okay, even though you're not a recruiter, I want to know what you would do. I want you to teach me, okay? I want you to teach me like those geeks that you talk about teaching them. Just, oh, you can recruit anybody. Just offer to teach them stuff, okay? Anyway, let's start off. You say recruiters who send you cold emails, I mean, that's a turnoff. If someone's trying to recruit you and they send you an email and they don't know you, do you always delete it or do you answer any of them? Oh, I answer a lot of them. Unfortunately, I answer a lot of them with, I'm sorry, how do I know you or what exactly are you selling me or what made you think I would want to sell this or buy this? The problem I have with input emails is they are truly cold. I mean, cold, cold, cold is in, here, I'm going to send this to 4,000 people who meet some vague criteria in a, in a Boolean string. And Don't give me that. Not every go. recruiter does it that way. Come on. There's job. lots nope. of people. They spend 20 minutes looking up your blog and your, your Twitter account and everything and, and, and telling you that they like, uh, you know, bacon and eggs every morning as well, just like you, okay? Don't tell me that yep. everyone's just sending out batch emails, okay? That's not no. – True. You're right. There's no. not, but not everyone. But based on my experience, it's probably about 80% of the ones I get. The 20% who actually give us, have any sense of who I am and what I do and aren't asking me if I want a Lotus, Lotus Notes contract gig in North Carolina, I respond to. I talk to. I've had great conversations with. But if they're not willing to invest in me, why on earth should I beg, you know, give them anything? That's, my, that's always been my stance. And I think that's most people's okay. stance. Time is valuable. Why would I give it to you if you're not willing to give it to me first? Yeah, look, look, this isn't your show, okay? I've already lost time, so don't ramble on. Say it once, and then let me ask you another question. Don't tell me ten times, okay? Now, look, if you, if you were a recruiter and you were going to recruit somebody then, would you use an email? Would, you rec- would that be your first point of contact, or would it be something else? If you've got something on this person, or you understand something true about this person, for example, you're hiring a like, – like, or developer, I don't call it, I don't care. Call it, honestly, electricians and electrical generator installers and HVAC people and nurses and dentists and all these people are insanely hard to hire. So when we all fall back to this idea, let's talk about developers as the best case scenario, wrong. Nursing is one of the hardest people to recruit for. Why? Because most of them aren't even on LinkedIn. They're hiding. Doctors are even worse. Dentists, oh my goodness, dentists are impossible to find. So if you want to reach somebody, you have to give them something they care about. And the only way to know what they care about is to know who they are. That's the gig. That's the first step of true recruiting is to understand who they are and what they care about. Once you get that, you can find a thread to pull at. You can find something, a message, a, a piece of information, okay, something okay, valuable, okay, something okay, blah, blah, Maureen, you know, he just did an ad for you for those. If someone wants to recruit dentists and nurses, they should be calling Maureen Sheriff, phonesourcer.com. Yes, they okay? Mm-hmm. He just said, according to this genius I've got on the show today, Jimmy Ellis, he says they're not on social media. You can't recruit them online, okay? You need a phone source for like her. Well, on LinkedIn, okay, he, then they're online, they're so it's not so bad. For Fair enough. What'd you say? Who's talking back there? He said they're the toughest to recruit for. Not that they're all living on or off of social media. He said they're the toughest to recruit, recruit for. Come on, be a good host. Come on. Hey, Jimmy, love the, okay. love the podcast. Man. Yeah, but let me, let me, let me just come much. back to him like this. He did this whole speech, and now he's told us how to recruit these people. Okay, what does it mean when you say uh, you have to know the dentist? What does that mean? 
or know the nurse. If you think that's uh, a speech, that's pretty sad because I can do this for 60 minutes nonstop with only a fourth cup of coffee. I know you can. I I listen to you, okay? He's got a pretty good podcast. I got to tell you, he's got a pretty good podcast. He talks to himself and laughs at his own jokes and, you know, stuff like that. And brags. He brags that he doesn't have any sponsors. I was always ashamed. That I didn't have any sponsors. This guy sells into his weakness. I don't have any sponsors, and that makes me pure, okay? Well, I don't want to be pure. I want sponsors. So, you know, I got was worked up. Excuse me. I just Jeez, had you to let answer the question? So, I can't tell. I can't tell. Yeah, yeah so what, is, what does it mean that you, uh, you have to know the dentist or know the nurse, okay? Look, if you reach out to someone in Buffalo, New York, the answer is, and how's the weather out there? The reach out is not, what are you up to? The reach out is, are you done with the snow yet? It's got to be something. Sm- I and mean, that's the dumbest, smallest, stupidest idea I can come up with. But if you can find out where they went to school, what they, you know, what they, they volunteer at, what other jobs they've had, maybe figure out what they're spending their time doing beyond that. You can, you, I mean, there's so many amazing sourcing tools. You can no, no, no. How do you use doing. that information? What? Uh, they go camping. Uh, how do you use that? And you said they're not on LinkedIn, so how are you going to know anyway? But let's imagine you know they like camping. Are you going to use that to recruit them? You can use that. You can simply say, look, we're looking to hire someone, and by the way, the camping out here is fantastic. Remember that someone who's out there who's any good is probably getting just spammed like crazy by recruiters and sourcers. The trick is not to give them something immediately useful. The trick is to give them something just interesting enough to get them to click. Then once they click on the headline or the subject line or the in-mail link or whatever, then you pitch them on this idea of, look, I get that you're all about camping. I get that you're outdoorsy, and this is a job that's in Vail. This is a job that's in Moab, Utah, and the outside is amazing. If You want no, no, that you know what? Most recruiting is – hold on a job. second. Jimmy, Jimmy. Most of the recruiting is it's in one company in Buffalo to another company in Buffalo, from Tonawanda to, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, Lackawanna, okay? That's what most recruiting is. So you can't say, look, there's better camping here than where you live now, okay? Then you, say, uh, you know then what? You, go you talk a good line. It oh, sounds no. like you're saying something. Listen to me. I'm going to advise you. It sounds like you're saying something, but you're saying nothing. First of all, you said it's hard to find these people, so I don't know how you're going to find out what they like to do Friday night, okay? That's number one. They didn't exist. Uh, they said they're hard. And anything that's easy is, is, is automated. Anything that's easy has already been solved for. Anything that's easy is not worth your time. It's only the hard problems you have to solve. So when I say things like it's hard to find these people online, that means good. It means the other recruiters who are crappy are having a difficult time or impossible time finding them. You can track them down. You can figure out what they care about. You can care about figure out what motivates them and speak to that. I didn't say impossible. I okay, said Alan, hard. I've got to open a bunch thing. of lines. Alan, I'm, I've got to open some lines. I've got to do some ads. Alan wanted to talk. I can see he's He's, he's uh, ready to go. Did, Alan, do you agree with what he said? I mean, yeah. find out something about this person, like yeah. camping. Careful. It's a trap. You want to you know, you know, you want me to give away one of the best secrets? And by the way, Jimmy, I'm going to want copyright, and I'm going to want a royalty for this one off your podcast. It's yours. Is Own it. The, all I wanna, if I'm recruiting Jimmy, I'm not going to talk to him about the job. I want to get to know him. I want to get to know what's important to him. If I got, if it's about camping or skiing or football or whatever, I just want to get to know him. And then towards the end, I want Jimmy to ask me about the job. 
and then and I can tell you. Are you drinking at lunchtime? Are you drinking? Because he he, no, that's he great. says you got to no, know this stuff great. before before you call the and person. Hold, will you, would you let would you let the guests and the and the and the people on here talk instead of going to a commercial? Thank you. Okay, so. No. So and you're after that, right. if you're on a date, if you're on a date, you don't start the first date by saying, "Can we have a second date?" You have a great date, and at the end of it, a great date leads to the other person saying, "There you go, Jim. Again. You're not you're on the in. date you're yet. In. Wake up. No, no, no. You're not on the date. You're just asking her out." But that's fine. You want to know how to ask her out? Be interested in her. Don't don't pull a whole bunch of smarmy lines. Hey, I got a great opportunity. Hey, once in a lifetime opportunity. Da 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 da. Hey, you got? Mm-hmm. You want a job? You want a job? You want a job? No, they're going to hang up. You're one of the other 98.99% of the people, and I can tell you, I've had people in the last 30 days, at least a dozen, say, "Hey, this this was weird, Alan. You yeah. you were the okay. first person okay. to you be know, interested in me. I've earned, I've learned nothing from you two guys in the last 10 minutes. Okay, oh. did anybody learn anything? You know, tell them you did better camping here in Vail. Oh God, gee whiz. What if the job's not in Vail? And how do you find out they like camping anyway? I'll let you finish off if you address those two questions. Jimmy? Say it again. Jimmy, are you still with us? Don't get insulted, absolutely okay? absolutely here. Busy working on Twitter. Sorry. What was that? Forget Twitter. Focus on the show, okay? I'm trying to salvage it for you. <laughs> no. No, if you don't want to talk, I'll right. go to an ad. If you have any, you have anything interesting to say? Be, what's the trick to how do you be? You know, how do you make people interested in you? Be interesting. So come out and say something unusual. Say something any recruiter would never say in a million years. The trick, and this is the problem I think we all try to do. We try to solve the problem in the headline or in the subject line. Don't. The trick of the su- subject line is to get people to click, to get into the email. The trick of the email is to get them to click and either call you or look at the job description or look at the company page. The trick of that is to get them to the next step. We're trying to you know, hit grand slams every time we get up to bat, and it doesn't work that way. Your job is to get hey, them everybody, to the next Hey, everybody, this guy stage. sounds smarter than me, but he isn't, okay? <laughs> final, final word on that. What subject line should we use, okay? What's, what's your favorite subject line? I don't have a favorite subject line, but I've clicked on stuff like, you're never going to open this. I've clicked on, you, I don't want to say you would, wouldn't believe what I've learned, because there's a bunch of clickbaity stuff that it has some merit, but it depends on how you use it. It's going to be stuff like, hey, your podcast has an issue. Your podcast has a flaw in it. Or your podcast has, hey, I saw your last tweet. It has a spelling issue, but you should fix it. Providing something of value, something where I think this person's not here to sell me something and, and is completely out for themselves, that they might actually be here to help me. I'm infinitely more engaged with them than if they said, here's the world's greatest dream job. You've been dreaming about this your entire life. You click on this link, and you're going to get your whole heart's desire. I'll never click on that. We all know that's junk. Mm. Okay, well, I agree with you. Subject lines, anything goes. It could be anything. Is Nick Livingston here? Question, Nick Livingston, paging Nick Livingston. Are you here? Yeah, hey, Emma. Are you here? Okay, yeah. couldn't you use a decent phone? Couldn't you call no. on a good phone? Nick's going to no. do his own ad, okay? He Nick is find a landline. I had to go back in time to get one. Okay, Nick is the CEO <laughs> of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T. I told him he could do his own ad today. Go, shoot, do it. Uh, thanks, Animal. Well, first off, I'm a recruiter. I'm currently doing tech recruiting with, in San Francisco and executive search in Europe and the Middle East. I spend my day talking to candidates around the world, and I do it through Honeit phone interview technology. Why? To schedule, screen, and submit talent faster so I can enjoy my conversations instead of taking notes, and I never forget a detail from my calls. 
So as soon as I hang up the telephone, I can quickly submit a candidate to a CEO or engineering director who can quickly hear a couple of the candidate's best answers that I just heard to showcase the candidate's domain knowledge, personality. You know what? I just way. let me interrupt before you keep going. I mean, you still have to pay me for this, but you, I, I, you're way worse than me, okay? You call in to hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, okay? You both call in. It records the conversation between you and the candidate. It turns it automatically into a transcript. If you want, if you have an important question, you press a button at the beginning of the question. When the discussion's over, you press another button. turns that into a separate Here's clip, animal. okay? Here's the so, thing. What? I could never understand. I could never understand why it took multiple phone interviews to get a candidate on site, right? And we all know timing is everything. So with Hone it, it just takes one phone call. That's it. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. But you know, you don't have to have a ton of people interviewing the same person. They can all read the transcript. It's searchable for keywords. Uh, the, if you don't understand something technical. Uh, the guy can talk, and you, it sounds like gibberish to you, but when you pass it on to your hiring manager or somebody on the team, they'll get it. Hot, hone it makes you uh, it makes you virtually smart, even if you're an ignoramus, okay? That's what all <laughs> these good tools do. Hire a tool as well. You don't have to know any Boolean strings. You could be an ignoramus. It does it for you, okay? Anyway, H-O-N-E-I-T, Nick Livingston, thank you, okay? If you want to do your ad in the future... I'll coach you and get a better phone. Back to Jimmy James Ellis. I'm, I like having you on the show, and I like listening to your podcast. Who's ever going to tell you that, okay? I liked your podcast. Okay. I appreciate that. If you, okay. If you were a third part, and he uses Aerotech to make his coffee, by the way, and he says it's very good. What's that? 40 bucks I for one of those tools, right? They're great. I do a Chemex. What? I do work coffee or your standard drips. I do all sorts of coffee, but, yeah, an AeroPress is fantastic. And what kind of actual coffee do you like to put in those machines? Uh, I like Chiapas. I like Costa Rican. There's a coffee roaster on, around the corner from my house, which is either perfect uh, positioning oh, or that's horrible for me. Nick lives. Nick Livingston, who just came on the show, lives in Costa Rica, I guess to keep the expenses down while he's building up the company. <laughs> Uh, you know what? There's not as much snow in Buffalo as there is in Buffalo. Anyway, okay. So if you were uh, a third-party recruiter, you know, you lost it's, it's whatever. You lost your job, and tomorrow you had to be a third-party recruiter. You had to earn a lot of money. And uh, I want to know what you would do. Would you have a niche? Yes or no? No, you got to have a niche. You got to have something that's what? value. If you're not adding value in the chain somewhere, you're just a middleman or a middlewoman, or you're just a, a cog in a bigger machine. So if you can't say, "Look, I'm going to push back on uh, the client and say, look, there's a better way to frame this. There's a better way to phrase this. There's a better way to describe this. Make sure the levering is accurate. Bring something back to them to say, look, if I bring it out this way, you're going to get a thousand people who want this job, and none of them are What are, are you talking about now? The I, job description? We don't know what you're talking about. And t- put your mouth closer to the phone, okay? You're fading. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, oh, yeah, i got to have a niche, to. and I'm going to tell them to do this and do that. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you doing? You have about? to provide value. You have to go back to that client and say, look, this, this, I know this is the way you describe this job, but this is not how other people think about this job. And if I put this out there, even if I find great candidates, they're going to be turned off by how you're describing this or what kind of culture you have. Then you turn around. Can you give us an example? Can you root it in reality? 
uh, let's go back to Buffalo Dentistry. If they say, look, we're looking for a, a teeth cleaner, you're like, who the hell is a teeth cleaner? You're looking for a dental hygienist. That's what dental hygienists call themselves. It's what they look straw, for. Man. They look for straw, man. Yeah, whoever have. says that, I'm looking for a teeth cleaner. You'd actually notice that because it's so different. Okay. Yeah, would How would be, you do your business development? Turn yeah, the job okay. off. You, you think a niche, okay, you're not doing a good job of proving that you need a niche. Because you know what? Gener- I believe you're right, but I know that generalists bring value as well. And not only that, if you're in a niche, you've got a lot of hands-off companies in your, in your niche. But if you don't work in that uh, airfield often, you can recruit from every company in, in that industry. Okay? And there's yeah, no hands-off relationship. Huge market. You're competing in a huge market. I highly recommend taking a look at a book called The Business of Expertise. David C. Baker, who is definitely not listening to this call because he's not a recruiter, he's all about positioning. It's this idea that if you are trying to build a business, you have to build a business that has a certain number of addressable, useful clients. If your addressable, useful clients are effectively everyone, you're too broad and there's too many competitors in your space and you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to add value. However, if you narrow a niche either horizontally or vertically by saying, I'm only going to talk about Buffalo or I'm only going to talk about nursing or I'm only going to talk, whatever it is, you're going to be an expert at thing on both sides of the table to facilitate those conversations. That's where the real value is. That's where you can really drive your prices up. Okay. If you wanted to go into nursing recruiting, if you wanted to become a nurse recruiter tomorrow, okay, and you had never done it before, what would your first move be? Because you're you're selling your expertise, and right now you don't have any, even though you're You're a good recruiter. Well, you don't have any expertise in nurses, but let's say you're a recruiter. You've got a lot of expertise. You know how to find people, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you gave Alan or Maureen. Uh, a job and they'd never ever recruited in that field before they do a very good job for you i believe that's why would, a generalist can do a good job okay but if yeah. you have to bluff what I would, hold your on client, here's a great trick so what i would do is i would say i'm going to go buy a list of nurses and i would make a a, a form or a survey and say look i'm trying to figure out what motivates most nurses i want to know what you care about and what moves you forward can you share this with your network can you let people know this really helps a larger industry trend you're going to get a lot of people sharing that taking getting information about this is what i care about this is why i choose a job this is information that only you have now you have it at an aggregate level you have it as a mass level it is information that you can leverage to say look we've surveyed a thousand nurses and it turns out what they care about is not salaries what they care about is mission or work-life balance or flexibility or whatever the answer is you can go back to your clients and say guess what now i am the expert because i went and asked a thousand nurses what they care about i know nurses better than you know nurses then you turn around and tell those nurses i understand you better i know you care about work-life balance i know you care about flexibility and that's your motivating factor i found a job that really lets you leverage that that's how you create expertise very very quickly this guy's got the gift of gab. Even if what he says doesn't make sense, I like listening to him, okay? And I hope everyone else does too. Okay, so what would you do for BizDev? How would you – so first you'd spend how much time? A month doing this 1,000 surveys? Surveys shouldn't take anywhere up. that long. If you, if you buy a list and you make it shareable, I mean, SurveyMonkey costs what? Nothing? Great. So you go set it up on SurveyMonkey. You ask some good questions. Maybe you say at the end of it, you'll randomly pick one person. How do you get them? How do you get them done to SurveyMonkey? I thought you were phoning them and talking to them on the phone. Oh, no. No, no. It's all on Facebook. It's all on LinkedIn. It's all in their own networks. If you buy the list, you can email them and say, look, I know you're a nurse. I know you've been doing this for a long time. I really need your expertise, or I really need your experience to understand what you care about. By the way, if, you, if this, this was useful to you, please share this out. You, spend, you hit them a couple times. You hit them with a couple emails. You push it out. Go buy a couple of penny ads on Facebook to get some attention to that ad. You can turn that around in less than a month. You need a thousand responses. Okay, and what is, what is the subject line? What is the subject line? What does the subject line say on a thing like that? 
Okay, you don't know. Okay, no, no. Hold on. Let's we want to hear your voices. Hold on. We want to hear your voices. Too obvious. Um, we want I like that. Expertise too obvious. Not nah, too obvious. If you want to go with, um, P- oh, here might this might be one. Especially if you're targeting senior nurses, we want you to tell the next generation of nurses the truth. That's a killer. That's a good one. That'll get people to go, what the heck is this? They click on it. Now you've created sort of a, a club that only you are in with that person. There's something of a, of a conspiracy to say, we're going to teach these people the truth. They're not teaching them the truth in nursing school. I'm going to teach you the truth. And that gets them very engaged. They're far more likely to share it and complete that survey. Yeah, that's how I go. Okay. And okay, so how how would you pick up business? Would you wait till you get this survey and then you could actually go to the person and say I know tons about nurses? Is that what you would do? Mm-hmm. I would wait. Once you have enough enough information, you can put together a couple real simple uh, graphs and charts, pie graphs, whatever. You can turn around and go to anybody looking to hire a nurse, and that's easy to find. You just go on Google and Indeed and say, look, look up the job description and see who's hiring. Say, look, I have connections with thousands of nurses. I've surveyed them. I know what they want. I know what information is going to move them to take interest in what you have to do. Sorry, but my prices are higher than average, but there's a reason for that, and I position myself that way. Okay, and would uh, how would you contact your, you know, how would you, would you cold email your uh, prospective customer or would you phone them? Do you, you, you don't make cold calls on the phone. You don't believe in that, it sounds like. Uh, phones are boring. Um, I mean, they, they're useful in the second stage. You need to set the stage. You need to say, mm-hmm. here's, a, here's the first chart of my 1,000 mm-hmm. nurse survey, and this is something I learned. If you want to learn more, call me. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough to get people to go, that's interesting. Maureen, you should devour this guy, but I, you're whispering instead. So what would go in the subject line <laughs> of that email? Go ahead, Jimmy. Ignore her, okay? She whispers. Yeah, I can't hear her. Okay. Well, do I, can you hear me? I'm waiting for you to give me a subject line that I can use no to approach yeah, yeah. a prospective customer, a hiring manager. That's what I would say. I would say send them that first chart, send them that first graph, and say, look, here's no, but the But what teaser. goes in the subject line? The subject line. Subject line? I know your nurse yeah. is better than you do. Oh, I love That's it. Good. Hey, that is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. When am I so complimentary? It's true. Okay, i got to do an ad. Jerry says, don't say that, but I want to say it. I have to do an ad. Hey, everybody, recruiting animal here for PC Recruiter. You know who they are? They're the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software, and I hope you're smart enough to know what a Swiss Army knife is. It does everything, okay? PC Recruiter recently celebrated their 20th anniversary in business, and they are not slowing down. And here's the proof. They just won the 2018 Top Rated Award, Top Rated for Recruiting Software. That's like the People's Choice Awards without all the pretty girls on stage. And it comes from a company called Trust Radius, if you're interested. Anyway, the results are based strictly on customer satisfaction scores. Uh, and, you know, you have to be a real customer to vote. It's not like your mom is voting for you 100 times. It's real. That's why I'm telling you this. It's a real contest, and they won. It's a good product. That means a lot of people like PC Recruiter, a lot of ordinary recruiters like you, okay? And PC Recruiter likes you, too. So go check them out at PCRecruiter.com. Net. How would you advertise PC Recruiter, uh, Jimmy? Give me some pointers while you're on the show. 
Well, I was actually thinking about the the Honan one. I think the real subject line or the real grabbing line has to be something like, we can give recruiters that third hand they've always wanted, or we can give them something that, you know, you want something that augments everything <laughs> they do so they can focus on that listening. I mean, you know, I'm spitballing here because I'm not a professional or anything, but that's where I'd start. Okay, he needs your help, okay, but I will use that in the next – I do their ad here. So, and Thank you. I'll let him do it again. <laughs> I don't know if I'll let him do it again, okay? But uh, we'll both learn something. Okay, so then how would you so you find people? How would you find people? What, how do you, would you do your sourcing if you were the third-party recruiter or any kind of recruiter, especially for these hard-to-find people? Yeah, you have to. The harder someone is to find, at least the more specialized the skill set is, the more you have to do this at the retail level and not think of it at the wholesale level, I think. What was interesting with all the digital tools that dropped on us, we all thought, hey, we can all just go straight up wholesale. I just have to write one email, shoot it out a thousand times, I'll collect and source everybody I need, and away I go. And it doesn't work like that. Uh, somebody who – I can't remember who told me this, but I like that that was a genius. The easier it is to do something, the less valuable it is to do. Because the easier it is to do something, the more likely everybody's already doing it, thus you are no longer differentiated. So you have to focus on, a very, on doing the things that are hard to do. And some of those things include – spending time. It includes doing research. I know that, and, and this is from my agency days not long ago, some uh, companies were spending so much on between recruiter seats, between uh, uh, some recruiter salaries and sourcing salaries and then sourcing tools that effectively they're just the uh, cost per application was in the three to $4,000 range. I said, for that kind of money, what you do is you figure out the two people you want to get to most. You buy a cake. You buy a plane ticket. You fly to their house. You knock on their door and say, you're not ever going to answer my email, so I brought you a cake anyway. By the way, I know you're gluten-free. You're gluten intolerant, so this one's gluten-free. You're going to have far better effectiveness, and by the way, it's cheaper than just pounding these emails out and then pounding these, uh, these sourcing tools out. If it's easy to do, don't do it. Yeah, I didn't. I, you know, it sounded good, but I didn't get anything practical out of it. Oh, come uh, on! How do I find Animal, out that they're? Come on! How did I find? Uh, uh, Alan, how did I find out that they're gluten free? Okay, how did I get there? You know. Uh, oh, come on! You you can look, you can see that on a Facebook here. Why don't you go look up the Donnie Deutsch case study when they when they were a teeny little firm wanted an auto account, and for and they sent a mirror from a car, a clock from a car, and to to the auto to the manufacturer mm-hmm. and said, we won't waste your time with the clock. We'll take care of your back with the mirror. Guess who got it? They got it. Yes. I got, I got, a, I got a person. I got a, to be different. I got a person used to send a shoe from one of the global executive search firms, would send an old, uh, a used shoe to an executive and said, now that you've got one, call me and tell me where I can send the second one. She would always get a call. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. There's a lot of people on the line. Is this kind of stuff practical for you? Okay. Does anybody feel that they're, you know, getting anything out of that kind of trick, oh sales trick, gimmick, recruiter? I asked him how he finds people. Buy a plane ticket and travel Make across cakes. the country with a gluten-free cake. Okay. That's no answer. Okay. So let's skip that one. Okay. How would you approach candidates? I think we kind of said that already. We did, we handled that, right? Um, so you'd have the subject line. It could be almost anything, you know, clickbait subject line. And what does it say on the inside? I can't remember. So once you have a subject, so you're talking talent or uh, business development. I'm gonna teach. No, you no. Now I'm we're, we're you into grow. recruiting. Oh, we're into recruiting. Recruiting you. Yeah. Give me the give me, me the particulars. Who are we recruiting? Well, I don't know. You you, you like dentists and nurses. Uh, I don't know. So you do whatever you want. But tell me what's in the body of the 
the email. Okay. So if you've done the hard work and you truly understand who these people are, you could do old NLP tricks of trying to build rapport. I think there's some value in it, but I think they're all at this point overused and old hat. Um, I think what you have to do is start to build a case that says, look, I'm here on your side. I'm here to provide you value. And that might be, I'm going to teach something. I'm going to give you something. It doesn't have to be a cake. It can be a survey. It can be uh, data points. It is, I saw an article about your industry. Chances are you haven't seen it because it hasn't been published yet, or my friend published it. It's a pre-preview or something like that. Anything that says, I am giving you something. Law of reciprocity says, if I give you something, you're far more likely to give me something back. And what I'm asking for from you is time and attention. So you have to give them something they want. So the more you, you don't know say, them, I've got the a more job. Them. I've got a job no. you might be interested in. No. I look, no. No, no, that you're, then you're everybody else, at which point that's easy, at which point you're going to be like everybody else and it's not going to work. You have to start like, giving them value. And that value can be anything. It can be a cake. It can be data. It can be a good story. It can be a connection. Hey, we both went to the same conference, and I saw you, and I, whatever it is. You can give them flattery. I'm not sure how much that works, but that is something you can give, especially if that's something someone, perhaps me, might value. There it is, cards on the table. Then I would be more inclined to listen. I'm just saying, if you know your audience and you understand what motivates them, you give them what motivates them. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you uh – Referrals are a big thing for you, but you say uh, what I heard you say was that you know only ask for referrals when uh, you're you're promoting somebody. You, you recruited somebody, uh, they're being promoted now. They're they're very happy with their new company. That's when you come and ask them to give you all their friends' names. Okay, but what yeah. if you're cold calling or cold emailing? This you come down to it. This person does not want the job, even for a legitimate reason or whatever. And uh, would you ask for any referrals at that point? I can, see a, I can see a case for that. If you've done your job and you've built the rapport and you've built a connection with this person, look, you don't see I, – I look at what executive headhunters do. They find people and they keep those names and they keep those people warm for years and years and years until the stars align and the right opportunity pops up. You have to treat these people the same way. If you're going to use them and burn them, don't do it. You know, that they're they're going to tell all their friends. They're going to tell all their networks, this person's a jerk. Don't work with them. However, if you say, look – I don't. I know. Hey, it didn't work this time, but you know what? I'm definitely going to keep you top of mind. I've got some other things coming down the pipe, but keep me in mind where we're doing X, Y, and Z. I'd love to find a way to work together. Blah blah blah. However, if this is look, and this is a imposition, and this is weird, maybe, and I would never ask if I didn't think we were getting along real well. But if you think there's anybody else in the industry I should talk to, connect me. I'd be happy to. And if it works out, I'd find a way to, to say thank you. Nothing obvious. Okay. Nothing, I'm going to do an no ad. I'm going to do another ad, and then I'm going to come back yeah, to you. You said keep them warm. Would you put people in a talent pipeline? That's going to be my oh, question. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah. Recruiting Animal here. For Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, uh, the super-duper sourcing tool. I mentioned the Hire Tool during uh, when Nick and I were doing that ad for his company, Hone It, uh, because it's sort of the same concept. You don't have to be a genius to do a search with Hire Tool. It writes the search strings for you. You know, you just come there and talk like a normal person. You write in what you need. It does the Boolean search. It does it all over all kinds of websites, Facebook, GitHub, LinkedIn, okay, a ton of sites, and it's famous for giving you good contact info. It gives you all the people back in a ranked order. It guesses, you know, what they're earning now. It guesses who's most ready to leave. Uh, and then, you know, so you've got a prioritized list, and you can go check it out at the free Chrome extension 
Uh, you can get that at HireTool.com, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Are you familiar with HireTool, uh, Jimmy? No, I'm not. You're not? You don't know nope. anything. That's fair. You don't know any. Yeah, you don't know any sourcing tools, right? Is that what you're telling me? I know a couple. I think, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to name names because I don't care about that. Uh, they're, they're good. Okay, Hire Tool is the most right. famous. Hire Tool is the most famous sourcing tool. It's the hottest thing in the in the market right now. Okay, just want to okay. let you know. Okay, so what about that? When you said, okay, you contact these people. Um, and how would you keep them warm? Would you, you know, send them a, an article every month on a mailing list? Well, yeah, What's the story there? Well, that's, the, that's the value of being nichified is that you are now a member of that industry. You're a member of that clubhouse, and you can say, look, I found this. You know, if it's all about nursing, it's all about dentistry, it's all about, you know, JavaScript developers or whatever. I'm, in, I'm seeing these articles, too. I thought of you sending this to you, just passing this along. It should never feel manufactured. It should never feel like, oh, great, I got added to somebody's email list. Fantastic. I was looking forward to this when I had a good phone call. It should never feel like that. It has to feel personal. That is part of the stuff that's hard. If it's easy, you can't do it because everybody does it, so you have to do the stuff that's hard. And that means making it personal. Yeah, you can get yourself a free MailChimp uh, uh, accountant and, and newsletter them up, and that's fine if you're going to use that to augment, but you always have to keep that personal touch. And that's the power of being How do you maintain that? You said you've got 1,000 people. You told me you've got 1,000. You interviewed 1,000 nurses like on SurveyMonkey. Now you want to put them all into your pipeline, but you're not supposed to batch them? Uh, How how are you supposed to keep it personal? Well, first off, that 1,000 nurses who responded to my survey, not all of them, not all of them are going to be interested in looking for a job, and certainly not all of them are looking looking to work with me. I'm looking for what would be referred to as those core true fans, people who get what I'm trying to do. I'm going to share my my data back with them and say, look, thanks to you. You answered these surveys. This is what I'm learning about you. Does this resonate? If this works, please talk to me, and maybe we can find a job that is more in line with what matters to you. And if 10% of your people respond, you now have 100 warm leads ready to go, and that is more. What, was that? what, would, what would that be worth you, 100 warm nurses ready to go? That's a huge, huge value to you. You Wait a minute, don't what? need to uh, keep 10 100 <laughs> warm chip, nurses, chip. Jimmy? No, well, let's uh, that <laughs> Hey, this is all 100% extemporaneous. I have no idea what's coming out of my mouth at any given time. You have to embrace that. If you don't, you're in the I'm in the wrong I, job. I'm so embracing. Once you have those people, please. Once you have those nurses, you have those real fans. That's how you get it started. Your job is not to find a hundred thousand followers. That's not actual or useful. Your job is to find a couple hundred pure fans. Okay. Anybody got those people on the line? Anybody got questions for for Jim or critiques for what he said so far? I have a quick question. Go ahead, Jimmy. At, at, Jimmy, at Groupon, where do you where do you find the most communication through which channel? Is it? I mean, you're on Twitter, but I mean, I see. What do you where do you see your from the recruiting standpoint that gets the most traction? Is it uh, Twitter, yeah, Facebook? I, I can't talk about my day job. I can't talk about that part of it. I'm here to talk about my podcast and talk about broad ideas and concepts, so I can't talk about specifics to any particular company. Okay, then but, let's say hypothetically speaking, if we were talking about a hypothetical company, <laughs> hypothetically, how, how, what, what channels do you see being more and less successful than others in either engagement, response, or touching? 
Yeah, and I think, you know, channels like LinkedIn are still valuable, but I wonder how long that lasts as everybody's kind of on them and everybody starts to feel overwhelmed by those channels. Um, you know, if you put a good profile up, you can get 100 recruiters coming at you real fast. It's really easy. And, and I think lots of people don't want it. And that includes developers. That includes anybody in the medical profession hates LinkedIn. They're terrified of being spammed like that. But if you're going to be online, you are going to engage in channels. There are going to be smaller and smaller Facebook groups, though Facebook's not exactly a good topic this week. Uh, there are smaller and smaller LinkedIn groups that might be active. There are smaller and smaller forums that are active. You want to tap into it. That's why I'm very hot on niching. You want to make sure that you understand where your audience is going. If you're, if you're focused on where they all are, you might as well buy a billboard and a Super Bowl ad, and that's going to be not cost-effective. You have to focus on where are these people. If you're focusing on product managers, go figure out where the product managers live and go hang out there. Go become a pseudo-product manager. No, I agree with you. We had we had one okay. time where the best thing in Kansas City was to literally buy a, a small billboard in an airport, and it worked. Really? I'm just, yeah, because yeah, it, didn't he just say that's not what you need? Because all the engineers that went to go work there flew in, and they were always passing by there. Interesting. That's interesting. And that's the trick of it is, honestly, I have an opinion, and I, just because I'm right doesn't mean I'm the only thing that's right. There's lots of things I don't like and don't believe in. I'm still not a huge proponent of video. I know video is powerful. I just don't like building it. I don't like spending time and effort doing it. It's not my, where, my, you know, where I uh, want to spend my time, but I know that it can be valuable for other people. So that's the real trick of it is we're looking for the one you know, trick to rule them all. If we go straight up Lord, Lord of the Rings here, you're never going to find it because there's so many different ways to find people with seven billion people out there right now. Everybody has a different channel. Everybody has a different tactic. Everybody has a different message. Everybody has a different something that will move them. If you have something and it reaches 5 10% of the market, that's hugely successful. Don't look for something that's going to be 80% successful. That's, that's impossible. Okay. Okay. Now, what if you approach someone, one of your warm nurses or some, some can't, someone you have on your database, you approach mm -hmm. them about a position that you're working on now and the first thing they say is how much is that a person you don't want to work with or how would you handle that that's a great question actually because i think people use the salary question as a defensive question to push you back to say look i'm not dealing with you on a peer-to-peer -peer level i'm dealing with you on a servant to master level they want you to work for them tell me what the number is and i'll tell you if i'm interested they want to push you down and i think you to make this work a real relationship should be peer-to-peer -peer. it should be of equals you can say look i'm going to give you a range and tell you everything you want to know about this thing if salary is the only thing that matters to you Let's get this a call over with. Let's, I'll give you the number, and if you love it, great. We'll move forward. If not, great. But I think there's a lot more to you, and I think there's a lot more to a good job and a successful job and a successful career opportunity. Are you open to discussing that? Put it in a place where you are willing to walk away, that you are not going to be pushed around or be an order taker for anybody. You have to position yourself as a peer. Okay. Well, that's one of your big things. I'm going to go a little so – we still got 15 minutes, but I might go a little over time. Is that okay with you? Because we started by – Sadly, I have a hard stop. Okay, so you tell me when you have to go. Okay, so okay. The, what if they say, I'm happy where I am? Everybody's happy where they are because they're terrified of change. 
the level of uncertainty in any new job is, is actually, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It doesn't matter if you're moving to a job across the street where your commute is the same, where you're going to have lunch in the exact same place, where you're going to run into some of the same people over and over again. It's not about that. It's change. Your boss could be a jerk. Your boss could be amazing. Your company could grow. Your company could fail. All these things are uncertainty. And if you have a sense of, I know this thing, and I'm comfortable with this thing, it takes a lot more. The, the, the burden of, of, of proof to get someone to change is much higher than the burden of keeping them where they are. So your job as a recruiter on some level is to help remove the uncertainty, to say, look, I know you might be concerned that this company is growing too fast, or I know you might be concerned that this comp- that uh, you've heard things about X and Y and Z, or that you don't know the manager. Let me make sure you know everything you need to know before I ever put you in a room. I will answer every possible question. I will make sure that you know everything you need to know as you walk in the door. You have a truly informed decision. Show that you are willing to do whatever it takes to remove all of that inherent uncertainty and change, and they will at least see you on the inner corner, and they'll be much okay. more willing okay. to engage. Okay, hold on a sec. I just want to co- – I listen to a lot of your stuff. You've got a couple of big points. Make it hard for people to – become a candidate that's kind of what you're saying but what i'm asking you now is you actually have to bring them in right so that's why i'm wondering if you if someone's not really enthusiastic from the get-go are you going to say fine you've just made yourself a goat i'm looking for the sheep or whatever or are you actually going to try to sell people are you going to sell people on jobs think about it for a second i have to do my final ad and then we'll come back and just talk about something that you talk a lot about, okay? Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal back again for PC Recruiter. You know, a few minutes ago I said the great thing about PC Recruiter is that it's configurable. I didn't say that really today, but I usually do, don't I? It's configurable. Jimmy, is that a hard word for most people, configurable? You think they know what it means? No, no, unfortunately not. I mean, it's hitting some buttons. Okay, yeah. Anyway, look, here's what it really means in practical terms. You can try your software out one way, your recruiting software, and then change it if you get new ideas about how you want to structure your work. And just like Jimmy said, you know, it's pressing some buttons, but that might scare you. You're not technically inclined. You don't have to worry about that because PC Recruiter gives you great support. Every guest on this show who uses PC Recruiter That's exactly what they said. It doesn't matter if you're a solo recruiter, member of a big recruiting team, big or small, they fit them all. PC Recruiter loves you, okay? They love recruiters, and they want to help you. So check them out, please, at PCRecruiter.net. Martin Snyder's the CEO. He's all over Facebook. He's easy to talk to, and he's a nice guy. And back to our new nice guy. You're a fun guest. I like you. Jimmy Ellis. Okay, one of your big things is – um, make it hard for people to apply for the job. Give them some hurdles to separate those who are really interested from those aren't. Okay, let's put that on the back burner. You've got another big issue is tell them everything. Just like you said, it's really important that they know what it's going to be like there. What does that mean when you're recruiting? You were just kind of talking about that when you, they said, I'm happy here. Say, yeah, I understand but look, let me tell you everything about this job, and then you can make a decision. That's what you're saying essentially, right? Yeah, because I think the trick on some level is that if you're trying to sell me a car, 
And not to say it's a used car, that you're a used car salesperson, but if you're trying to sell me a car and you're saying it's a fantastic car and you shut up, I might say, okay, that's great. You think it's a used car, a, new, a, a great car. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to do the Carfax thing. It turns out it's been in three accidents. I now no longer trust anything that comes out of your mouth. I no longer trust the, the deal. I'm never going to get anywhere near this car for the rest of my life. If you walk up and say, look, this is a great deal. It's been through three accidents, but it's gone through an entire renovation process. It's been recertified by blah, 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 blah. We understand all the flaws with it, but we fix them all as far as we can tell. I'd like to talk about that car. You're in a much better position to have a better conversation. If you tell a candidate, hey, this company's great and they're growing like crazy and there's a whole lot of money and everything's fantastic and candy canes on your desk every morning and you go to Glassdoor or Indeed or any of your favorite review sites and it goes, this is a terrifying place, run, 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 who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the person who's not incentivized to give you information, i.e., the, the peer network, the glass door uh, responses, and distrust the person who is incentivized to make you think this is perfect. You're completely burning a bridge. You don't want to do that. Be willing to lose a couple to gain a lot more down the road. Be willing to say, look, here are the, here are the pimples, here's the zits, here's where it's imperfect, but you know what? I think there's opportunity for someone like you who is motivated by X and Y and Z to build your own career here. I think there's a great opportunity. Not everybody going to be happy at this company, but I think you are especially great match for this company. And you're convinced of that, or you're just saying it? Both. Okay. Look, like I, I, I really do. Unless I really know somebody, how would I know? You know, like maybe your approach is so different, I can't relate to it, but the people I speak to about a position, I don't really know them well. That's usually the first time I'm, I'm meeting them, right? So uh, yeah. I don't know how I could say it's not for everybody, but it's for you. I don't know that. Okay. So but maybe you because say, you well, pure job hopper, why are they hopping? Why you can look at those job titles, you can look at those companies. Why are they moving? What are, are they moving up inside the company? How is that happening? Are they moving from team to team to team? Are they progressing towards leadership? What do they care about? Where are they spending their time? What are their hobbies? And I mean, someone like me, who for whom employer brand is effectively both my job and my hobby, that's a tough one. But no one wants to read that crap. But if you're someone who's interested in other things, what are they interested? Are they interested in sports? Are they interested in their family and their kids? Are they interested? spending time cooking. No, no, no. You're well, going off on a tangent. No, no, no. What I want, I no, just want, I, all I want to get out of you before it. you leave on your hard stop, yeah. okay, is, you know, you made, you, you, you made a big thing about uh, telling people about growth opportunities, about training, education, uh, access to senior people, mentoring, coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a paycheck. Uh, you know, you want uh, to tell people about what the opportunities are, how uh, – yeah, I can't find my notes on – you said you know, if you tell them exactly you know, where their position fits into the company, they'll start thinking, well, if I go and, and study on this other topic, I can expand my skills and I'm going to get promoted. Yeah. They have a, a strategic view. The job your job is not to sell the job. You're effectively, you're, ultimately, when it boils down to it, your job is to sell a future to that person, a future that involves them being successful, that involves them being happier and satisfied, and how do they make that happen? Is it a bigger check? Well, let me look at every Hallmark card and fortune cookie I've ever seen. Nope, money doesn't equal happiness. So what is it? Is it personal growth? Is it uh, flexibility? Is it time with family? Is it access to leaders? Is it growth and mentoring or coaching? What is the thing that's going to lead this person to happiness? If you offer that to them, the salary question becomes a secondary issue at best. Your job is to offer a future, not a paycheck, not a salary. Salaries are easy to come by. Futures, whole different story. And what does the future usually consist of? Final question. Like, what are we talking about? I got a future for you. What does that mean? 
The future is a successful success for you, and what your definition of success is is going to vary from mine. Maybe my definition of success is that I have 100,000 people listening to my podcast and I'm world famous. Maybe my definition of success is that um, it leads to more money or that it leads to my ability to go, live in Costa Rica full-time and do whatever I do you know, remotely. What is my definition of success, and can this job connect to that definition of success? Look at what people are working towards. Are they always looking for more money? Are they always looking for – are they bouncing from country to country? Are they bouncing from team to team? Are they looking for mentors? When, they look, when you look at their LinkedIn, when you look at who they're reviewing and who's reviewing them, who are they talking about? Who do they like working with? Why did they like working with? That reveals so much information about what moves them and what future they're trying to move towards. Okay, you know what? I can't find. I had some great notes to get you with some zingers, but I can't find those right now about like what their impact is on the company and stuff like that. Or do you have any All final words? Yeah, do you have any final words? I'll, I'll find it right after the show's over. Final words, sure Jimmy Ellis. Go to your. Go, so you listen to his me. podcast. No, no, no. Let's on, do it. I'm, listen to your podcast. The the talentcast dot com. The talent That's it, right? And today uh, on ERE Media, I have a new article. Take a look at that. Uh, otherwise, I'm on Twitter, and I like to argue about this stuff uh, on every conceivable level. I eat, dream, and breathe this stuff. I am that sad. It's true. Uh, if it's not coffee, it's employer branding recruiting. So I love talking about this, and I am thrilled to death to have this I just same old thing. I, as a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm going to now take to my desk, and I am in a state of constant listening, learning, and applying. That's my thing. I got nothing from this show. I'm not going to do anything new. That's what I'm looking for in my learning phase of my career. Uh, I'm here, Jerry. Andy, what do you think of the show today? I missed it. I was uh, involved in uh, trench warfare. Man, I got to tell you, I'm. Hey, Animal, no. mute the person that's doing the beeping. Okay, area code 203. I'm off now. I'm going to have some lunch. What are you going to no, have? Don't you worry about that. Just handle your Hey, show. I'm not worried about it. I was seeing if you were interesting. Andy Gregor, I'm sorry to have... Yeah, no, uh, no problem. Uh, no, I understand. Uh, we have to take care of uh, housekeeping. Um, I, uh, you know, man, I... I, I I'm sure the guy's a nice guy. Uh, as a guest, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it was, it was kind of on the plainer side of vanilla, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, I, I just uh, it was. I don't. I don't remember a show being more, uh, you know, wah wah. I mean, it's just you know, it's just kind of. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable.